Amen. Well, it's good to be here on tonight's service once again. And I tell you what, what a beautiful weekend it's already been. Beautiful day in the house of the Lord, hearing the good preaching, the singing, and uh, seeing your uh, delightful faces. Um, Brother Jared back there, uh, he was asking for a title of a sermon. I finally got one. Uh, we're going to uh, call it Staying Encouraged. Staying Encouraged on tonight. That's where I want to... Uh, if you have a title, sometimes I don't have a title, and so if there's a title, that will be it on tonight. Well, how are we doing, guys? Are we doing okay? Amen. Amen. Grab your Bibles tonight. Let's go uh, with me to First Samuel. First Samuel chapter number 30. First Samuel chapter number 30, and I am uh, very, very excited about the soul winning and the uh, evangelistical uh, uh, work that we're about to do. I'm so excited. We're getting everything together with Brother Hoots. And uh, he's already written out the track and getting that printed as we speak and getting that shipped here. And I'm, I'm so excited to hit the streets and uh, it'll give me and my wife, this is what me and my wife, we love to do. Uh, it gives us good exercise, amen, uh, but also us, uh, me and my family, uh, we love getting on the streets, meeting people and giving them the gospel and telling them about this good church. Uh, I believe we have a good church here at East River. We're Bible believers and uh, good doctrine. And I believe people need to be able to hear uh, what thus saith the word of the Lord. And you can't, you can't hear it just everywhere. There's only a few places that you can hear it uh, in these days and age. But I want you to see 1 Samuel chapter number 30. When you find your place, say amen. amen. Alright, let's all stand our feet one last time. Stretch your legs one last time. I'm not going to hold you long, I promise. But 1 Samuel chapter number 30, we're going to read six verses, uh, verses 1 through 6. The Bible says, and it came to pass... When David and his men were come to Ziglag. Uh, that, if you interpret that, that's New Caney. Okay? Uh, Ziglag. On the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south. And Ziglag and smitten Ziglag and burned it with fire. And had taken the women captives that were therein, they slew not any, either great or small, but carried them away and went on their way. So David and his men came to the city, and behold, it was burned with fire. And their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captives. Then David, in verse number 4, and David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power, the Bible says, to weep. And David's two wives were taken captives, Ahinanam, the Jezreelitess, and Abigail, the wife of Nabal, the Carmelite, and David was greatly distressed. The Bible says in verse 6, he was greatly distressed. For the people, notice this, they spake of what? Stoning him. David. Of all the people, they spake of uh, stoning David. Notice this, because the soul of all the people was grieved 
every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David, the Bible says, notice this, but David encouraged himself in the Lord is God. And I want to read that together uh, on tonight, starting with, but David, here we go. But David encouraged himself in the Lord, he is God. Let's say it again. But David encouraged himself in the Lord, he is God. And let's pray, our Heavenly Father. Lord, I pray that I can be a help and a strength. Uh, Lord, uh, thank you for allowing me just to be able to preach tonight. And Lord, I pray, Lord, that you will get me out of the way. Lord, I don't want to interrupt this service, interrupt what you're doing. And Lord, I pray that, uh, Lord, this uh, this sermon uh, tonight that you gave me, Lord, I pray that it will be a help to somebody, maybe be a help just to me and my family. But Lord, help us to stay encouraged. Help us to keep moving forward. Help us to be soul winners. Help us to uh, be uh, on the path of, uh, Lord, looking up and uh, building your kingdom. And Lord, you using us and our, us surrendering our hearts and our minds, our lives, and everything that we have, even to our monies. Lord, you, uh, you can have it all. Lord, you own it all. And I pray tonight that you'll bless. Bless this uh, this. Uh, no good preacher, Lord. I, there's nothing good in me. But Lord, I'm thankful that you've called me to preach. I'm thankful you've uh, even counted me to be faithful. But Lord, I pray that I need some help. I need you desperately tonight. Bless our pastor. In Jesus' precious holy name I pray. Amen. And you may be seated on tonight. You know, having a balanced life is hard to do. I think one of the hardest things for a church is to be balanced. And uh, Brother Hoochie do a great job. And I appreciate uh, Brother Hoots and his ministry over all these years. And he's been counted faithful. But you know, having a church, having a family, raising a family... Living life, it, it, you've got to be balanced in everything. And every, even with scriptures, uh, uh, reading the Word of God, you can get a radical on any part of it. But you've got to be balanced with the scriptures as well. And being balanced and having a balanced life, a balanced Christian life, it, it's hard to do. It's not uh, for the babies. It's not uh, just something that you can say, hey, I can do this. And, but you're going to need God's help. You need God's help in every single direction of your life. And uh, just by way of notes, by way of an introduction uh, on tonight, we see David here. We see him, he's out, uh, he's with the Philistines, and man, he's going to fight a battle. And of course, it's all God's plan. Uh, they were going out to fight Israel, and uh, we're going to see uh, just a minute uh, down through Scripture that uh, Saul, uh, even King Saul, he gets shot. Uh, somebody just haphazardly... Uh, slings a bow, arrow goes in, and man, it sinks into Saul, and it's going to kill Saul. We know Jonathan, he dies. But David, he's miles and miles away, and uh, his 600 men are with him, and man, uh, they're, they're fighting men, they've uh, raised their families, uh, they love God, and they love Israel, they love everything uh, about Jehovah God, and David, he puts his Lord first and everything, for he's a man after God's own heart. And David, he's out like many of us are. Uh, we work in our jobs. Well, that was David's job. He was a captain. 
He was taking care uh, of His people and they would go in and in those days they would go in and uh, they would kill and uh, wipe out people that were uh, the wicked people and they would come and get the spoil and they would bring back the cattle and they would give it to their families and feed their young ones. But this time when David comes back, he comes back surprised. God hasn't told him that Hey, David, you're, you're, the people, the city's burned with fire. Hey, David, your house is gone. They, put you, uh, they got your captives. He didn't uh, explain all that to David. David comes back, and David's fainted. Uh, he is weak. He's tired. His men are tired from the long trip. They've been fighting, and now they are coming back. And what do they find? They found a zigzag as it's burned with fire. They find that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziglag and smitten Ziglag and burned it with fire and had taken the women captives. Can you imagine going home and your wife being gone? Can you imagine going home and your children being gone and your house is burnt with fire? What would you think or do? And I was just thinking about Memorial Day and uh, some things that Brother Hoots and Brother uh, Clark was saying this morning and uh, uh, Memorial Day is, uh, we think about all the veterans, man, they, they never got to come back home. And many of them came back home and they found their families were already gone in eternity. That'd be hard to take. To be overseas fighting a great war for your country and those men and those ladies that fight and uh, those soldiers that we hold dear to our hearts and we, uh, we honor them, but they come home and everything is gone. Everything is different. I'd say that was with David. Those men, they were, uh, they were tired. They came back home. Everything was gone. Think about how disheartened they were. You think about uh, how uh, disappointed, defeated, depressed, discouraged, how these men must have thought when they saw the smoke and saw the blackness, saw their houses crushed in two and saw everything. It was so quiet. There was nothing there. Everything was gone. You asked me tonight, oh, Brother Jake, what are you going to preach on? I'm going to preach on how to stay encouraged. I tell you, I, I, I see across our nation, I see across in our churches, in our, uh, our Christian realm, and sometimes the, the people that are so discouraged are Christian people. A lot of times it's you and I that are supposed to be the light of the world. A lot of times I find myself in the place of discouragement. You know, tonight we must learn to stay on top side. And I'm going to tell you a secret. Top side is hard to do. Being on top of your game, a game, a game as a Christian, it's hard to do. It's not for the sissies. It's something that's not just for the Sunday morning crowd. It's something that's for the person that comes Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, that's serious about God. I can show you from Scripture. I can help you tonight if you'll listen to me just for a moment. I can show you how to stay top-sided in this Christian walk because you're already coming Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. You're coming for Sunday school. You're already there. Now you just got to glean on some things because we're going to have storms in our life. Notice here. Everything is gone. 
small or great, the Bible says in verse number 2. It says in verse number 3, So David and his men came to the city, and behold, it was burned with fire. And their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captives. And it says in verse number 4, Then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. And there's been some times I've cried, Brother Hoots. I know of one instance, two instances. One instance was when I was back in Kentucky. I just needed a hand from the Lord. And I remember walking out in the field, it pouring rain. And I walked out there in my clothes. And I stood out there in the rain. You're probably thinking, crazy, man. Y'all better get him out of here. I just sat in the rain like this out in an open field, just letting it pour on me. Brother Hoots, I was just crying out to God. Lord, I need your help. And it just pouring rain. I'm glad Tracy probably didn't see me or anything like that. I didn't have an umbrella. I didn't care. My clothes were soaked. It went into my socks. And I stood there just staying there and not wanting anything. I just needed God to do a work in my life. I needed God to show up. And man, I wanted to be serious with Him and let Him see my humility. Have you ever done that? There's been times where I just uh, probably a month or so ago and I was in my truck, Beasley truck, and I was delivering some tires and it was about 6 o'clock and uh, I put in a lot of times, uh, late hours, delivering tires. And man, I was going across 99 and, uh, you know, that's when we was going to Georgia, Tennessee. Where we, we just didn't know what where to turn and it seemed like God was just, uh, He was placing us here and here in Texas and it just seems like He's not letting me go. I can't even make a move until uh, God say, no, Texas, Texas, son, Texas, son, Texas, son. And he beats me over the head and man, it just seems like He's keeping me here for a reason. And I remember on 99 right out here past the church actually, it was probably 6 o'clock if anybody heard it, uh, I rolled down my window I don't know why I did this. It, it, it was just a, a, a beautiful night. And I, I, I was hollering out the window while I was driving. Uh, Brother Brad, don't tell Brother Beasley. I, I'm a responsible driver. I had my seatbelt on. I don't know if it was in the, in the body or out of the body. I was hollering out uh, like a big old wolf out to the moon. I was saying, I love you, Lord! I love you, Lord! You think, man, that's crazy. But that's how much I love him. I don't care what anybody thinks of me. You know, uh, it, seriously, it, it, it doesn't matter to me. I'm trying to be a light for Jesus Christ in this life. And things, I, I want God to see the man in my heart. I want to see God, I'm serious about this thing, about serving you. And God, I do love you. It doesn't matter if I'm in a church house or it don't matter if there's a rooftop. God, I want you to know I love you. I love when Brother Lauren, he stood up on, I think it was Wednesday night, and man, he just said, hey, Pastor, I, I just want to say something. I, I want to I just say, man, God has been good. And man, we got to have testimonies like that. It's not just for yourself. It's not just for God. But a lot of times it's for each and every one of us, and it's for this man right here also. How many times do you walk out the door and never tell Brother Hoots that it was a great sermon? Has he ever preached a bad sermon? 
How many times uh, and you think, well, you know, he's get, getting things from God and he's, he can stay, uh, you know. No, everybody needs encouragement. All you got to do is slip a hand and say, man, I appreciate that sermon. There's something that's uh, there in that sermon that's going to help you if you'll just get it. Or you thank somebody or thank uh, the pastor's wife. Thank her uh, for, man, playing that piano, man, just being there. Uh, uh, thank somebody else that's uh, doing a work here. Man, you ought to stay, uh, keep each other encouraged. But this, tonight, I want you to see something. Imagine how you would feel if you got home from battle. And your home was burned to the ground. What would you do? What is David going to do? He is now, we find him weeping. We find them weeping, and man, they, it's uncontrollable. Uh, they're crying out loud to God, and we see these men, these 600 men. Can you imagine? Can you hear it? As they're crying out uh, to an almighty God, and they're crying out weeping because everything they have lost. First Samuel chapter 30. It's not the end of David's life, by the way. It's not the end. Because he did one thing that I think that we ought to get a hold of tonight. And that is verse number 6. Yes, you say, yeah. Was he guilty of being distressed? Yes, he was. It says, uh, David was greatly distressed. Okay, he's got that. Yeah, he's there. He's greatly distressed. For the people spake of stoning him. They're going to kill him. They're going to start throwing rocks and they're going to wipe him out right now. He's a dead man. Notice this. Because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters. Man, they're, they're weeping, they're crying, they're blaming him for letting them go out to war. Uh, they're blaming him because they followed David. He's their leader. He's the one that's guiding them. And man, uh, he is, uh, in their minds, he has failed them. But the Bible says something It's so beautiful. It's so beautiful to read this in our Christian life. It says, but David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. I'll tell you folks tonight that how I've made it thus far is I've had to encourage myself. You men out there, sometimes you're not going to get encouragement from other people and you shouldn't expect that. Now, that's me, and I want you to look at me, and you ladies, we need to try to encourage others in the faith. But that's not how it's always going to be. Lauren, you've got to encourage yourself like you have. Brother Byron, you understand this? As well as anybody, you've got to encourage yourself in the Lord. Each and every one. Caleb, you have to encourage yourself. If you're going to do anything for God, you've got to encourage yourself. Each person, uh, Brother Brad, you've got to encourage yourself. This life, people are not going to just uh, give you roses and shout it out. Hey, you go get them! They're not going to do that. You've got to find encouragement in yourself and the Lord. And you've got to dig deep and find out from the book and find out from God how God can just move and help you through this. But you've got to find your own encouragement. And hopefully tonight I can give you that. David was facing the most disappointing time in all of his life. Nobody to encourage him, but David has to encourage himself. People are ready to stone him. Sometimes that's like it is in pastoring. 
people already stone you and cast you out, and then they come and bless you again. It's just, I'm telling you, when you preach, you've got a lot of people just right now. There's a lot of people looking at me right now, and I try not to look at anybody. I might be looking over here, but I don't see your eyes. I just, I, I, I see people, uh, their faces, but I can't see if you're actually looking at me or not. Uh, uh, looking at this guy right now. He's laughing. But I'm telling you, I can't see you guys, and that's how it's got to be, because I could probably go ahead and say, well, probably some people look at me like this. I wish this preacher would hurry up. Some of you look at your watches. Some of you maybe are enjoying it right now. Some of you people are listening intently. Some of you people just don't maybe care. Some of you people, you might have your eyes shut. Don't worry, I will probably never know. This one guy, I'm not kidding you, in my childhood, he, he was a deacon. And every Sunday morning, he sat and we had hardwood floors, hardwood pews, no padding on the, uh, on the, uh, on the seat, and he would clip his nails every single Sunday morning. And you could hear it as that man was preaching. I, I think about that often. And he made the sorriest chicken dumplings. I'm telling you. They was a school, they was a school, uh, a little thing they had, and they, the teacher said, I want you uh, kids to bring in what represents your religions. And the first religion, this first kid, she, uh, it was a Jew, so they brought in a star of David. Everybody clapped. And, uh, and the next one was a Catholic student, and uh, Sally, and Sally uh, brought in a crucifixion. Then old Billy came in, and he was a Baptist. And you know what? For show and tell, what he brought in that represented his religion? A casserole. Amen? <laughs> well, you know what? You say, Brother Jake, how, how do you get through the times? How's Brother Hoots get through the times? Number one, I'm going to give you six things, and I'll be quick. Number one, you've got to live by schedule. You've got to live by schedule. Too many people get up and see what life has to serve them today. Many times life brings difficult circumstances and depressing things and we live reacting to the difficult circumstances of life. Life, it's going to throw you so many things. It's going to throw you curveballs. It's going to throw you the splitter. It's going to throw you everything that in the world from sickness to pain to loss to hurts to financial to everything. And what will you do? When those happen. You know, you know, these things are already going to happen. I'm going to say to you again, I know you know this, but number one, there ought to be a time when you pray every day. There ought to be a time that you pray every day. I want you to go with me to the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter number 19. Genesis chapter number 19 and verses number 27. The Bible says this. It says, And Abraham... Get up early in the morning to the place where he stood before the Lord. Where he stood before the Lord. Notice that. And he looked toward Sodom and Gomorrah and toward all the land of the plain. And behold, and beheld, and lo, the uh, smoke of the country went up as the smoke of a furnace. And it came to pass when God destroyed the cities of the plain that God remembered who? Abraham. And sent Lot out of the midst of the overthrow when he overthrew the cities in the which Lot dwelt. 
we see that Abraham, he was in the place. He got up early and he had a place where he prayed daily. What is your routine? What is your schedule of your prayer time every single morning with the Lord? Does sometimes do we skip it? Does sometimes we just go through the door, we wake up, we brush our teeth, we get in the shower, whatever, uh, vice versa. We get our breakfast and man, we're already out the door and we never did do our prayer time. There's got to be a scheduled prayer time. Don't take a lot of time to get on your knees and get in that place, that quiet spot. And a lot of times the Bible talks about as the closet. And that closet area doesn't have to be in your closet, but that closet area is a place. It's a, a place where you can get along with God. A place that you don't have all the world that's just distracting you, but a place that you can get to and pray and get a hold of God every day. Talk to Him just like you would talk to somebody else. Do you believe tonight that God wants to hear from you? I don't understand all that, but God, He loves talking to us. He loves when we talk to Him. He wants to have that relationship with us. And that relationship is so important. That relationship is so vital uh, uh, for us to abide in Him and Him through us. Hey, we are that uh, uh, abiding and He is the vine. We are just the branches. But if we're going to be watered, if we're going to be nurtured, we've got to be talking to Him. God uh, God saved Lot because of Abraham's prayer. We ought to have a time to pray every day. We ought to have a time for our daily Bible reading. This is elementary, but it's so vital. My wife just, I guess about six months ago, seven months ago, she made a purchase. She don't like the credit card real good, but no, she made a purchase, and it was a chair, blue chair, just a, it had arms on it, it, it swiveled as far as the back, it was kind of rounded, kind of puffy, and uh, or poofy, however you girls want to say it, uh, it's kind of a girly chair, I don't say it in very often, I'll break it, <laughs> and uh, I'm trying to get off my donuts, but uh, that little chair, it sits in our bedroom. But that's the chair. She bought it for this reason. It's the place where she reads her Bible every morning. How many of you all seriously got a little chair that you all use? A little desk? Or a place in your house? Raise your, go ahead, raise your hand. You all know you can say a place. Maybe on your back porch. There's a little place that you can go to. It's like the Garden of Gethsemane. It's the place where you can go to get away from those kids. No, no, no. It's the place that you can go to and just get away from everything and to read your Bible and to have prayer time with your God, right? Is He your God? But have fellowship with Him and it gets quiet. And you start reading the Word of God page after page. And you start reading it and it's starting to come alive. And it's, you're, you're, so, uh, you're so into it, uh, into the reading. It's more than just a book because it's a spiritual book. It's a book that's alive. It's not just dead words. It's alive. And we have a, a living Savior and He's talking to you. And you're seeing about your life. He's correcting things. And man, you're there uh, for just uh, maybe 30 minutes to an hour. Maybe whatever time you give Him. Those are special times say brother jake how how do you encourage yourself to the lord well number one i i got to keep my prayer life up 
Number two, I've got to make sure I'm reading my Bible every day. When I'm going down the highway, I'm talking to God. And a lot of times when I'm going to work to Beasley, people are looking over and I'm just talking away. And they're probably wondering, what in the world is that guy talking about? I'm talking to him. I'm telling the Lord, Lord, thank you for today to let me live. I, I, I say this, uh, uh, every morning I wake up, I, I, I'm surprised. You say, well, Brother Jay, can't you healthy? Well, the Lord can take it away any day. I don't have the promise of tomorrow, and you don't have the promise of tomorrow. Every single day I, I, I say it like this. I say, Lord, man, it's a beautiful day. It doesn't matter if it's raining or uh, uh, sunshine. Lord, it's a beautiful day. Lord, thank you for letting me live another day. Thank you for letting me work another day for my family. God, thank you for my family. Thank you for my church family. And I always thank God for my pastor. Yeah, I start talking about you guys. Did y'all hear you get your ears burning? In the morning, about 6.30, your ears should be burning. Amen? Brother Byer, there's not a single day that don't go by that. I'm not praying for you guys. Our prayer time is so special. You know why? Because God, He still works, don't He? God, uh, we don't have, I'm telling you, our God works. Our God, He lives. Our God has all power. Our God still can answer prayer. Our God can do anything that He pleases. Our God can tonight. And if we get to pray uh, to Him. Notice number uh, uh, two. We got to stay away from negative things and people as much as possible. I tell you why, I can't stand a negative person. I can't stand it. I, I don't get around that. I don't. I, I don't got time for that. I don't got time to listen to the news and all the negativity that's there. I don't have time uh, spending time at work, uh, maybe listening to negative people. Man, I got to stay positive. I got to keep myself encouraged. I, and you say, well, the times are changing. Yes, it is. But God has not changed. God is still working. God is still wanting to do a work. What's stopping God from doing a work is you and this big guy right here that's losing his hair. This guy right here is the problem. I look at myself in the mirror every day and I get sick. I'm out and I throw up, man. I'm the problem. I'm the problem. I'm the problem. And I guarantee you, if you look in the mirror, you're the problem also. We stop God. Because uh, He can't bless when we're out of His will. He can't do a work if we're not believing in Him like we should. He can't do a work when we're grieving the Holy Spirit of God. Hey, God wants to do something. God wants to do something great. God wants to see people saved. God wants to do something great in our lives. But are we stopping the things of God? It's very easy. We're like tools in a toolbox. It's very easy if the hammer's not working. We're, as people, we're going to grab something else. There's been a lot of times that I couldn't find the hammer that I have used a big old uh, a wrench and tried to nail something in. One of my kids. There's been times. There's been times. I know, that, I know Lauren's here, and I don't want to tell him all my secrets, but there's been times I've got a little two before and I haven't had a hammer, and I've, I took that two before and tried to nail a couple nails in. I know that sounds crazy. I am crazy. But I'm going to tell you something. God's going to use somebody that wants to be used. God wants to use somebody that 
is actually surrendered and wants him to use them in their, this life. Do you want to be used by God? I do. I want to keep myself encouraged. I want to stay away from all the negative people. And even maybe even in this church, and I can say this because I'm a member of this church. Can you count me as a member? I'd say there's even people here that can get a little negative. I don't know that. But I'd say there is because they're in every church. Hey, let me tell you something. If there's somebody here that's negative tonight, all you got to do is get right with God. It's so easy. Man, get right with God. But number two, if they're, if they're not going to get right with God, the people that are hearing it, you're doing wrong and you're going to kill yourself if you listen to that garbage. I promise you. That's why I keep my ears shut. I, I, I just I don't want to hear it. Man, I'm excited about getting on the streets, winning folks to Christ. I'm, out, I'm excited about uh, seeing them here at the altar. I'm, I'm, I'm praying that. I'm, I'm dreaming that. I'm dreaming that. God, just uh, Lord, I'm asking Him to bless this ministry that we're about to do, that we're about to get engaged in. And I want people to come and uh, God to lead me to those people. And I want to be able to win them to Christ. I want to tell them about Jesus. And man, I want to spend my life doing those things. Number three, we've got to know that everything in life will... Not everything in life will bring us laugh or a smile. You as well as I know, I love to laugh. I do. I love life. I love to laugh. If you ask Brother Brad, man, I'm always going in there and, man, I just, I love life. I love, I, I love what I do. I love uh, getting to wake up in the morning. I, I'm just a, I'm a happy bear. I can get mean too. No, I can't. But you know what? Brother Jake knows how to cry too. There's a lot of times I cry like a baby. Does that make me weak, Brother Church? Brother Church, do you cry? It's okay to cry, guys. Sometimes our children need to see the tears flow through our eyes. Sometimes I'm sad. Sometimes I'm hurt. Sometimes it's serious. As the book Ecclesiastes chapter 3 says, there's a time to uh, weep, there's a time to laugh, there's a time uh, to even dance. That dance is not a big jig. That dance would be kind of like, you know what a righteous dance would be? It'd be going up to the first graders in that a preschool room or in the nursery, and you see them going like this. Woo! Woo! That's the type of dance I believe David had. You never saw anybody dance, did you? I believe that's what he did. I don't think he, it was a sexual dance. I, I, I believe it was a, a dance of celebration. Amen. A dance sometimes that we need to have in our house. There's been times I've seen, uh, I hear Tracy, and my wife is very quiet, but she'll, Woo! I'm thinking, man, what's wrong with you? It's like shopping at Walmart, man. <laughs> Calm down a little bit. She gets a gift card. Woo! You know? But there's a lot of times I'll see her cry. I say there's been many times, Brother Clark, you've seen your wife cry. Brother Hooch, you've seen your wife cry. There's going to be times for that. 
there's going to be times where not everything is just sunshine and glo- or uh, sunshine and brightness. The sun is not always going to shine every day. We've got to understand that not everything is perfect, and we shouldn't expect things to be perfect. And you know, but the sun never it, it never shines every single day. But you know, if it did, the grass would be burnt, wouldn't it? If it shined every day and the, uh, the rain never uh, fell on the ground, it, it would burn the grass. So we do need those uh, rainy days sometimes. Some days we got to have those days because God uses those to build us, to make us what we ought to be. I'm thankful for all the life, the things that, the trials and uh, the valleys. And man, those valleys have been low. And Brother Byer, I know you're in a low valley and your uh, family's in a, a low valley. But I'm going to tell you something. Life is not just about the mountaintop. Life is going through the valley. But going through the valley, you have God with you. You might be tonight on the mountaintop. Praise God for that. Some of you are about right here. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it rains. Some of you are right here. And right here is where your faith is really tested. Right here you can get a hold of God and you're being patiently waiting. Right here is where God, it's where the rubber meets the road. And it's right here where God just sinks down and shows you who He really is and how strong He really is. Right here is where you get your fellowship with Him and you walk with Him and He can guide you back up through that valley. Because in every valley, a valley is between what? Two mountains. You're always, when you go down through a valley, no, if you're in a valley, there's a mountaintop just right, up, uh, right before your eyes. It might be just a little foggy. And you might not be able to see but just the foot of the mountain. But know that God is going to do something. He's going to work something. Many of you probably thought we were, we were about to go uh, uh, to Tennessee and everything. It surprised me that uh, I got a job offer and I was going to go back home to be able to be a help to my family. Still struggle with that a lot. And uh, nothing was tied here. And man, it seemed like God was just uh, doing a work and we had the money to go. Everything was great. And our house, it fell through. It was uh, about the fourth house. It fell through, not because of money, but because of uh, the inspections. And I called Brother Hoots that day, and I said, Man, this is the fourth inspection. We've already, we had our earnest money. We had everything. Everything was good. We already packed boxes. And I said, Brother Hoots, I'm going to take this as a no I'm going to take this as a no. I said, what I'm going to do is I'm going back to uh, Mr. Beasley. In the meantime, I came to his office and he said, uh, I said, I'm going to, uh, you know, I said, you can hire, I, this is what I told him, I said, you can hire me for anything. I'll start from whatever, delivering pizzas, whatever you want me to do. He said, no, I'm going to give you a, a raise too. I'm giving you a job back. I'm going to give you a big raise. And I was like, are, are you sure about that? He said, yeah, I'm sure. And I was like, oh, my goodness. I couldn't believe it. 
And everything was just going, uh, my man, I said, well, are you sure about this? Because i got to tell this other company that I'm not coming. He said, man, you go ahead and call him. I, I was nervous. And so I called him. I said, listen, you know, uh, the house fell through. I cannot. He, and they, they said, anytime you want to get a job here, you've got a job. And by the way, folks, if you work hard, Amen. every company wants you. Yes, sir. You don't have to have no talents. <laughs> you don't have to know anything. You just got to show up, eat a donut or two, act like you're do- I get a coffee and act like I know what I'm doing. I hate coffee. <laughs> Type on the computer, and while they get done, I'm like, yes. <laughs> and when they're in front of me, I'm doing this. And if you looked at my computer screen, there's, it was like ABC, you know, because I don't even know what I'm typing. And I'm, <laughs> but if you work hard, people are going to hire you. We live in a crazy world. I'm going to tell you something. You've got to just get and dig it. And I'm telling you, God has blessed. God has taken me through the valley. And we're, we're just walking with God. And uh, that's when Brother Hoots told me about the evangelism. My heart was already there. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be here at East River. And I'm going to do the evangelism. I told him I was going to go to work here and do whatever I can do for God. Whatever time He gives me with my family, I'm going to serve Him and give Him my best. That's what I want to do. We've got to make decisions slowly. We've got to have goals in life. Every person ought to have goals in life. At age uh, 92, at age 92, and I'm done, Dr. Lee Robertson preached a message at 92 on vision. On vision, 92 years of age. Goals, goals, goals. Goals. You know, goals will motivate you. Goals personally. Goals for your family. Go spiritually. What's your goal for your family right now? Can you think about it? For five years. What's your goals personally? You know, I haven't had a donut in a long time. I've been drinking more water, and I'm thankful for that. I don't like water. I love pop. I love it. I love sweet tea. I love everything that's sugar. I've, I'm, I've got goals there. I've got goals there because I've got to walk these streets. I've got to slim down. And, uh, but I've I, I got goals for myself. I've got goals for my family. Where are we going to be at in five years? I've got to be able to do this. I've got to be able to save money here. I've got to have goals. My goals, even my money. How much can I give more to missions? Can I do this? Can I, I give to this person? Can I, I do more special offerings? Can I give to the church in this kind of need? I've got to have goals for myself. It's not just, oh, here's my tithe. Here's my offering. No, no, no. I've got to have goals. God, I wonder if I can give just a little bit more there. God, uh, I need uh, some little bit of help. And me and my wife, we pray about it. Then I've got to have goals spiritually. I don't want to be the only people that's on this pew. I'm hoping that this section gets full uh, sometime. I need somebody to move up here. No, I, I want some people sitting right here that I've invited to church. I'm going to keep inviting, keep inviting. Somebody was supposed to be in here tonight, uh, but they're not here. Uh, Tracy was out uh, inviting people uh, the other day in the, uh, in the uh, neighborhood. And we're keeping inviting them. We're wanting to see people uh, setting up pews and uh, see our pew grow. If everybody done that, think about the goals that we have for East River Baptist church what is those goals you know what god has a plan for this church do you all agree with that he does he has a plan for this church and he already knows what it is but do we have a plan do we want it to grow do we want to see uh, east river to uh, grow from where it was and where it is now do we want to do we want to see all that god can do anything he's just got to have some willing servants
Say, Lord, what else can I do? Lord, I wonder if I can start working in the kitchen. I believe I could be a help there and somebody else could work somewhere else. Be a help there. Lastly, be a soul winner. Man, I tell you what, everywhere you go, you ought to be passing out tracks. Tracks, where, and we're going to have some, but man, giving them out. It's so easy. It's so easy. Hey, we'd love to invite you to church. Uh, we go to East River Baptist Church. Uh, we're right off in New Caney. Do you get to go to church anywhere? It's that simple. And when they start talking, then you can uh, start asking them. Uh, can I leave you with this? If, are you 100% sure if you die today, where would you go? Where would you go? Would you go to heaven? And, you know, all they're going to say is yes or no. You know, most people that I've come in contact with in the last uh, two weeks, they've all said they would go to hell. They all said they were lost. Now, you've got to understand, that's being honest. When I was in Kentucky, everybody was saved. One thing about Houston, people will tell you, hey, no, I'm lost. And they'll, they'll just flat out tell you, and I'm thinking, man, that's, at least you're honest. Most of the country's not honest. But people are needing us to tell them about Him. What, is, what did Jesus say? Was Jesus the light of the world? Yes or no? Yes. Did He say in Scripture, and I think it was in the book of Matthew, chapter number 5, He said, Ye are the light of the world? We're the ones. Oh, what a great responsibility is that, preacher. I'm supposed to be a light. I want to be a light for Him. I want to be a light for you guys. And I want to make sure I'm a light for Him as well. I want Him to know that uh, there's a good testimony while I'm leaving the church. I'm one of the members here. And I don't want him to hear about, oh, man, Brother Jake, he is just a wicked guy, man. You better not let ever let him preach. I, don't, I hope they don't ever say something like that. I hope I'm a light wherever I go. What about you? As we stand at our feet, every head bed, eyes closed. I'm going to have Brother Hoots come on up here. Uh, come right ahead. Come right ahead.